directly from Ephesians 6. And, um, and I'll tell you where, where it started from and how, um, how God brought me to that point. I, I have been visiting a few people. I've been invited to meetings here and there since I got retired. I'm just looking at what the Lord wants me to be involved with. And um, I was invited to a meeting in somewhere in Deptford where it was, uh, it was called a synergy. There was, these are different groups working with young people um, concerning pertaining to knife crime, gun crime, and, and youth violence in general. And I was there, and there were about six or seven different speakers, different groups, that presented what they were doing to try and, and stem the flow of this violence among young people, especially amongst the black kids. And I... I just listened because I was just invited to observe. So I sat quietly and I observed and I listened. And at the end of the meeting, long and short, was that I felt in my heart that I was supposed to speak to two people. So I, I made an appointment um, to see two of the speakers that were there. This, uh, this meeting was chaired by a bishop that... His name sounds familiar, Bishop Rowe, and, um, and it was set up by, the, the synergy was set up by Les Isaacs, the one who studied youth pastors. So he's well known in the, in the, in the higher echelons of society. He's known by the government. He's done a lot of work with um, street pastors and now youth pastors. He's, he formed the trust called Ascension Trust. Anyway, I visited a couple of the people that the Lord laid up on my heart to visit and just, just had a chat with them and listened to what they had to say. And I came home and, and the Lord said to me, Len, the fire has started. So I, I was in my studies and I, and I, I said, yeah, it has started. And what the Lord was saying to me, this, this violence and, and whatever it is that's going on with young people in society, that fire has started. And all the different projects and things that, were, that were people engaged in to try and put the fire out really is not the solution. And the Lord said to me, um, as I was having this conversation with him in, in my studies, and he said, they, these projects are good on their own. But without the content, without that which can change the life of that individual, they will always continue to fight the fire. And he brought to my attention, it's, a, it's amazing how the Holy Spirit brought to my attention the theme that I saw, um, I think about a couple of years back, uh, myself and, and, and my wife. And in, the, in this theme, it was about fire fighting, and these, these, these firemen died in the theme. And he, remem and, and he reminded me of a scene, and the scene was, you had this group of firemen trying to, it was helicopters in the air, sprinkling chemicals and spraying water to put out this bushfire. And it was advancing. And you had this firemen who, they lit up control fire in, in, a, in an area where the, the oncoming fire hasn't reached. So they lit up this control fire and burn off all the the fuel, all the grass, all the dry things on the ground. And I went and I looked up in the internet 
and it's called backboning. And what it does was, after it's born, all this, when the advancing fire gets to that point, it stops because there's no fuel for it to continue. And the Holy Spirit said to me, the church needs to light up the fire. The Holy Ghost fire needs to be lit up again. That's the only way. That's the only way we can stop the advancing violence of youth crime, gun crime, all the projects that are being involved. If none of them has the content, the seed of salvation in that project, it's worthless. So that's where my message somehow sprung from. Before I get to my message, as I was sitting there, the Lord reminded me of this scripture. I'm going to read it to you if I go to Ephesians 6. Ezekiel 33. Okay, Ezekiel 33. I want to read a few verses. It's going to be quick here. If when he seeth, from verse 3, Ezekiel 33 from verse 3, if when he seeth the sword, the sword come upon the land, he blow the trumpet and warn the people, then whosoever heareth the sound of the trumpet and taketh not warning, if the sword come and take him away, his blood shall be upon his own head. He heard the sound of the trumpet and took not warning. His blood shall be upon him. But he that taketh warning shall deliver his soul. But if the watchman see the sword come and blow not the trumpet and the people be not warned, if the sword come and take any person from among them, he is taken away in his iniquity, but his blood will, will I require at the watchman's hand. Part of what God wants me to speak and bring to the church is a way of warning. It's a way of warning. And I'll explain further later. Turn your Bible to Ephesians chapter 6. I want to read and I want to sort of try and open up these few verses. I want to read from verse 10 to verse 18. It's a familiar passage, and I think when we've read it in the past, or we've had we've had messages spoke about it, we've, we've always focused on the armor, put on the armor of God. And I was saying, when I was preparing, if I asked, if I asked you, and I, I do hear people say, I put on the whole, whole armor of God in the morning, what, what are you actually saying? What, what, do, what, do you, what do you mean by you put on the whole armor of, of God in the morning? What, what do you do? And I would get answers like, well, I pray and put on the whole armor. Yeah, but how? What is it? Because the imagery that's used in the passage is where people's emphasis and focus always are on. And I'll explain. Let's, me just, let's read the scripture. It says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put the whole armor of God Put on the whole ham of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. The title of my message actually this morning was Spiritual Warfare. It's a simple one, straightforward from the scripture. Spiritual Warfare. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities against powers, against the rulers of darkness, of the darkness of this world, 
against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore take unto you the whole armor of God that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand. Stand therefore having your loins got about you with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace but above all taking the shield of faith wherewith ye, ye shall be able to quench all the fairy dirt of the wicked and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Praying always with all praise and supplication in the spirit. And watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. I want to stop there. Let's go back to 10. 11. Put on the old armor of God, that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. A lot of, and I included, when I was growing up as a Christian and I hear the teaching on spiritual warfare, I always want, want to visualize fighting demons and, and spirits that are out there that that, um, that take hold of territories and, and you go back into the book of Daniel, you remember when Daniel prayed and, 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 and it took him 21 days, he was combating the, the, the prince of Pasha, who was a, a demonic spirit. So you grew up with all those scriptures. Yes, there are demons there. Yes, there are um, principalities and powers. The scripture tells us that, yes, there is warfare in that sense. There is a battle. Believe you not, there is, there is a battle. And I think most Christians are not actually conscious that we are actually in the battle. Most, Christ, most Christians want to live in the, in the seen realm. What they can see, taste, hear, smell and feel. They want to live by that. They want to live the Christian life by what they can see, taste, hear, smell, and feel. But we cannot successfully live our lives in this realm. Because everything that God has done and given to us in Christ is in the spiritual realm. And unless, unless you understand that, and unless you're prepared to engage in the spiritual realm, in Christ, you would not be able to overcome the enemy. The Bible said God has given you and me everything that pertains to life and to godliness. We have been deceived by the enemy, that the battle is out there. Somebody produced a, a tape during the, this Brexit called the Rape of Europe and highlighting all the Satan's throne and, and demonic activities. Good work. And when has Satan been able to stop what God wants to do? Jesus says, I'll build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Whether he sits in Germany or he sits in France, I don't care where he sits. We don't care where he sits. We need to trust what God says here. The devil has deceived us 
that the battle is out there. No. What the Bible is actually telling us, the warfare we have, the challenge we have, the battle is between our ears, is our minds. It's about the trickery and the cunningness of the devil to convince you that what this word says is not what it is. And the antidote to that is the very word of God. The truth you should know and it's the truth that you know that sets you free. We have so much statistics about mental health and mental whatever with our young people. We are buying to the young people telling us that we don't understand what it's like to be out there. We don't understand what's going on. And so it gives you the right to take, to take a knife from your house and go to somebody's house and somebody in the street and, 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 and kill that person. No, they don't understand. They don't understand that the enemy that they're up against is crafty. And worst of it, that those men and women of God that are actually working with these young people are buying into that lie. Satan's only weapon is deception. His only weapon is deception. Satan hasn't got, he hasn't got any power over me and you in Christ. The only time he overcomes us is, is when we let in and let him in. His cunningness and his trickery is here. It's, when you read the scripture, when I was reading it again, the emphasis has always been, and you get blown away, you get sidetracked by the... the Expressions used here. He says, Stand therefore, having your loins got about you with truth. You focus on the loins got about, but you don't focus on the truth. And having the breastplate of righteousness, you have this imagery of breastplate. Some, most times people have presented it with, it's, it's, it's a Roman imagery of the soldier. How the soldier was totally clothed in those days of war. So most times that, that imagery is stuck and you miss the vital part of the scripture that God wants you to take note of. Truth. Righteousness. Peace. Faith. Salvation. The word of God. When those are being attacked in your life, how do you combat them? It's not the breastplate imagery that's been attacked. It's your righteousness. Do you know what the word of God says about your righteousness? Do you know what the word of God says about truth? So when the enemy comes in and begins to challenge your belief, which he will. How do you combat him? Do you just remember the, the imagery of your loins gutted? Do you just remember this imagery of breastplate? All the symbols. Is that what you think of? Well, I want to tell you today, I want to put it to you today. When you talk about putting on the armor of God, you need to know what the word of God says concerning each of these points. So when the enemy comes and challenges you and says to you, Sister Alice, you say you're righteous? Who say you're righteous? You're doing this, doing that, doing that, and you call yourself righteous? What do you say to him? If you don't know what the word of God says about your righteousness, you've got, you've got no weapon. 
You, you, you stuffed. You're doomed. Take example from Christ himself on the Mount of Temptation. The devil came to him. And tempted and tested him. How did he combat him? It is written. It is written. We are living in times where we... If we are not careful... You know, I woke up this morning with this word. You know when Jesus spoke about the signs of the times in Matthew 24 and talking about the things that would happen before his coming... And he was saying, if those days were not shortened, even the very elect would be deceived. You think it's, you, you, do you think it's by Satan demonstrating in the, in the sky with horns and, and blowing off stuff? No, he's not. There will be pain and suffering, hardship. Of course there will be. But our minds... Our minds will be, will be taken over if we are not transformed by the word. Church, I want you to hear this. I want you to hear this. Go to 2 Corinthians. Let me show what Paul said. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 3. The Bible said the devil is like a roaring lion. He's not a lion. He's like. He's like a roaring lion. He prowls around seeking those he can devour. He will devour you if you don't grips with this word. He will. All your quotation about the weapon that you caught that putting on the weapon through prayer. 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 Prayer only works when there is a base, where there is a seed, there is the word is there. Second Corinthians chapter two. Second Corinthians chapter, chapter eleven, verse three. Paul says to the Corinthian church, "But I fear, lest by any means, as the serpent beguiled Eve." Through his subtlety, his cunningness, the wiles, so your minds should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. We, there are so many highly educated men and women of God out there that know. They, they, can out, they, they can outsmart you. They can outtalk you. They can, out, they can outdebate you. I stand no chance among them. They know the Greek, the Hebrew of, of every word. They can quote the scriptures to you. you. You stand no chance. They can convince you. They can, they can convince you with the argument so easily if your mind hasn't been transformed by this word. It is happening. Wake up, church. It is happening. If Satan can... If Satan can convince perfect people like Adam and Eve to give up all that they had, these are perfect people. No sin. No temptation of sex. No. They, nothing. They're in paradise. They're in perfect place. If he can convince, if a talking snake can convince them to lose all that they had, who we? Against him without Christ. Who are we? 
Second Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 to 6. Second Corinthians 10, 3 to 6. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. And when the Bible uses the word flesh, same word as carnality, it's not talking about your body, what you can see and you can touch. It's talking about a combination, a soul-body combination. Yeah, that's what he's talking about. The unregenerated part of you. The regenerated part of you. The part of you and I who've put faith in the Lord Jesus Christ that has been changed is the spirit. The, the part of you and I that has been completely changed, that is new, that is brand new creation. When the Bible says, if, if any man be in Christ is a brand new... That part of you is your spirit, man. And that is where everything that God has done and given us in him dwells. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Listen to this, verse 5. Casting down imaginations. Where does imagination take place? In your minds. Casting down imaginations. Every high thing that exalteth against the knowledge of God. What you know of God. What you know of Christ. Satan will come against that. You better believe it. When you lose your peace, how do you gain it back? By trusting in what Jesus said, he's done. My peace I give to you. Not as the world giveth. We pray and we say, the devil is a liar. The devil is a liar. Yes, he is a liar. But do you know the truth? Do you know the truth to counter him? And having a readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Colossians. Go to Colossians. I just want a few scriptures. I want to share something with you. Colossians. Colossians chapter 2, and I want to read from verse 13. And Paul says this about us. And you and I, being dead in your trespasses, dead in your sins, and, in, and, and, and the uncircumcision of your flesh, Ephesians put it, trespasses and sins, same, same thing. Hath he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses? Saints, church, if you are here today and you are born again, and you have paid, put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, you are a brand new creation. You have been quickened. Your circumstances and your challenges and your, 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 your missing the mark doesn't alter that. It doesn't change God's position to you. We all miss the mark. 
But if you continue to miss the mark, it alters your position in relationship to God. God's unconditional love for us does not change. If you are in Christ, the Bible said we, the Bible said we are hid in Christ. You tell me. You tell me how the devil can get you out of his hand and that hiding place without convincing you that's not true. You tell me. Verse 14 says, now this is what Jesus has done. This says we need to get this. These, these are fun. These are... These, these are truths that we need to understand, know, and rest in. Because he will be challenged. I'm telling you, I'll share with you what I found out this weekend. Blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against you. Which was contrary to us. And took it out of the way. Nailing it to the cross. And having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a sure of them openly, openly, triumphing. Over them in it. You see, the victory has been won. The parade, the victory parade, is what we're taking, taking part in. This terminology used here is what used to happen in the Roman days. When the Bible speaks about having spoiled principalities, it's not about when something goes bad or rotten, that's not what it means. What it actually means is that when they go to war, they, they capture the, the, the king or the, the, the enemy and they strip that enemy bare. They strip the enemy bare and they, they, they drag that enemy through the streets of Rome so that the people can see that the king, the enemy, has been captured. That's the public show. So it takes away the fear of people that that enemy might come back one day and, and attack them. And usually what they used to do was they, they cut off the, 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 the two big toes and the thumbs so that the, the general or the king would never be able to stand in battle anymore or hold a sword to fight. So that's the imagery here. Now in the spirit, that's what Christ has done to Satan. That's why he, that's why he has no power, no power, no power over us. But if you don't know the truth, you will be subjected to his lies, his deceit, and being bondage. Satan has been impaled to the very cross that Jesus hung. All your sicknesses, all your diseases has been nailed to that cross. Saints, things are happening. I was, I can't remember exactly what I was looking for. And um, I happened to, on YouTube, I happened to come across, I was calling, I can't remember what I was looking for, a song. Anyway, I just saw this, uh, this heading, One World Church something to do with one world church, you know, this, 
It's an end time prophecy. Again, you need to know what the scripture says. It's, it's an end time prophecy. The one world church. So I, something said, well, have a look at it. So I, I clicked on it. And it was two videos. One of them was a, a, a brother in Denmark who was strenuously trying to warn the church about what is really happening behind the scene. That is very, very truth that we're preaching and has been preached and taught by stalwarts out there, big guns, that have all the language, they have all the right words. This very truth has been undermined. And I, and I looked and I, and I quickly watched the video and it's, it's about the one world system where the Pope and the Vatican is sending out men and women around and convincing them that God, <laughs> that God loves everyone and that we are all children of God. Muslims, Buddhists, Hare Krishnas, Jehovah Witness. We are all one. We are all serving the same God. What? I, 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 I. This, this is no... It's not fable. This is what I'm saying when, when the Bible talks about putting on the armor, it's just not thinking about image and thinking that you, you're wearing this jacket and it's on. He's actually talking about knowing what the scriptures say so that you will not be deceived. So then when he comes against your truth, he comes against your righteousness, he comes against your peace, you know what the scriptures say and you stand on that word. But what is happening is that men that people have looked up to for years have mega churches. I saw Kenneth Copeland. I saw he, the, the, this guy was this priest, high-flowing language, and he was, he was convinced, and they were cheering him, and they were embracing him, and he visited the, the, the Vatican, and the Pope is... All... Saying, we are all children of God. We need to embrace each other. We need to love each other. No, we are not all children of God. God created us all. Yes, God loves all. But we are all not children of God. Because that's not what the Bible says. Galatians 3, I believe. Quickly. Because you need to know this. I believe. Uh, believe it's Galatians 3. Where it says, I've lost the scripture, but it's in Galatians, it's eight, and it's saying, and Paul was saying to the Galatians that. We are children of God through faith in Christ Jesus. But when they quote the scripture, when they make those nice speeches out there and declare to the world and declare publicly, no, we, we must love one another because we are all children of God. 
That's precisely what the devil did to Jesus on the mountain. He didn't quote the scriptures correctly. But if you don't know this, what the scripture says, you buy that. You get on that train. That's taking you somewhere else. I'll find a reference for you and give it to you before, before you leave. Bless you. Yes, praise God. 326. For ye are all children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. That's the only way you become a child of God. Amen. No, nothing else. Not by your intellect, not by how many degrees you've got, not by which Bible school you've got, not by what you... As simple as that. This is what Paul wants says to the Corinthians, listen, I, I'm, 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 I'm worried. I'm worried that you will be, you'll be taken captive of your mind out of the simplicity of the word. The simplicity of the faith saints we've got to keep. Keep it simple straight to the point in the word of God. In closing, let me just share this. Yes, I, I watched the film and I was, I was shocked. And I said, whoa. And I saw a film um, some time ago concerning, with regards to another black pastor who was part of Basically, he was known as the Prince of Pentecost. He's coming from Azusa Street. And I'd known him because of his music and his Azusa Street ministry. And Bishop Carlton Pearson. I'd known of him. And how one day he, he, was, he was our Robert's son. He was our Robert's son. He ministered his church 6,000 strong. He has everything. He looked the part. He, he acted very well. One day he woke up and he said that God spoke to him that there is no hell. That people only go through hell. And you know, you, you, again, the wiles of the enemy. And you know what, what he said, the Lord, the God said to him? He said he couldn't reconcile how the God of love, that loves the world so much and loves people so much, children and, 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 and old and young,